Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me today is... Star Cooper. <laughs> Regress. Every single, it's like it's one step forward, three steps back. Yeah. Star that's... Cooper. Well, I was going to go like, because you said you're going to name your second son Tiberius, so I was going to name myself Tiberius Cooper. And you do that then. But that's just not the theme of how I name myself. It has to start with an S. The theme is stupidity. <laughs> well, yes, it does start with an S. Yeah, should have done that. Well, joining me today again is, uh, as always, Solomon Cooper. I'm not going to call you by that dumb name. You haven't called me by any of the names ever. And look, we are still in the middle of one of the worst late summer movie droughts that I think I've ever seen. We had movie. We have movies, but like, we don't have movies. What does that mean? <laughs> we, we have movies. We don't we, have movies. We have we have a couple movies. There's no, there's almost nothing that has come out in the last, like, as far as big blockbusters, there's, like, been some little movies like Beast, um, and I do really want to see the horror movie uh, Barbarian. Barbarian, but these are really small movies. I mean, Bullet train. We're, we're at a point where, you know, last weekend, weekend before that, the two top grossing movies were um, Spider-Man, which already came out, like, eight months ago or something like that, mm -hmm. and Jaws that came out 50 years ago. Uh, the weekend before that, the highest grossing movie was a subtitled Dragon Ball Z sequel movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's like, great. That's content. I right mean, there. good for them, but I'm just saying that that shows what kind of movie drought we're in. But on the plus side, that means that to to make up for this, uh, Cinemark and AMC and all the other theater chains are re-releasing. Re re-releasing. Yeah, they're they're loosing uh, upon us all of these uh, remasters. Uh, reworked prints of older movies so which does give us a good opportunity to have these cross-generational discussions i'd say I, I agree with you and i think that sometimes i they're a bit deeper than just our hot take on how if we like dr strange or not yes of course so this week is a movie that is uh near and dear to my heart and many a nerd's heart and that is uh star trek 2 Electric Boogaloo. The Wrath of Khan. Oh. Uh, great print that they are, they're, I think that they're doing it for three days, so if you have a chance, you can go see it. Um, uh, and it's, I think, Turner Classic Movies, Fathom, and Paramount are doing this in conjunction with each other. You know, on the website, whenever you looked it up, it does say that they're going to have, like, special behind-the-scenes things, and you hear director's commentary. 
and we got to the, the we got into the theater a little bit late because we had to get snacks. But we got the movie started at seven. We got there at what seven oh three. Yeah, about. we were already halfway through the credits of the movie starting. So I don't believe for one second that there was a pre-show like they said there was going to be. Me neither. So something to keep in mind. Um, but yeah, let's let's uh, let's talk uh, Star Trek two. Uh, so one, you might say, why would you be taking Solomon, who hasn't seen any Star Trek movies? Uh, I have two. I've seen so many Star Trek movies. No, you've so I've seen I like three. The J.J. Abrams movies, which people don't normally don't count, and they're not for these purposes. They're not counting. Um, but I've yeah, Solomon has Solomon has slept several. Solomon has slept through almost all the J.J. Abrams movies, but uh, other than that, he hasn't seen any of the original movies, uh, the original cast or the Next Generation movies, which I'm not going to inflict those upon him. I have a question. Yeah. Um, what's that one Star Trek movie with all the red stuff? All the red stuff? Yeah, I remember they go to a planet. It's like a bunch of like red stuff comes and attacks them or something. That's the one that you liked. That's the only one that you liked before. Is it the new one? That was J.J. Abrams didn't direct it. was the guy who did Fast and the Furious. It was, uh, in, um, oh my gosh, it wasn't Into Darkness. It was the one after that. I thought it was Into Darkness. I feel like that's You hate I, Into Darkness. I fell asleep in something with red stuff, I thought. That's the, th- oh, Maybe it was Into Darkness then. I'm not, I, I was thought you were talking about the one where you didn't fall asleep. No, I'm talking about the one I did fall asleep. Oh, okay, yeah. Probably it was Into Darkness. Okay, okay, cool. Um, I don't remember that movie. I hate that movie. So I couldn't really tell It could you. be the one with the red stuff. Could be. <laughs> what a great descriptor I am. No, the one with the red stuff, that's the first movie. The then fir- I definitely fell asleep in that one. That's the first J.J. Abrams movie, though. With Chris Pine. Okay. Anyway, the reason I wouldn't... The reason I wasn't going to... Uh, show him Star Trek 1, a.k.a. Star Trek the motion picture with the original cast and crew, is because if you thought Wrath of Khan was slow, the motion picture is modeling itself after 2001 A Space Odyssey, and it is unbearably slow. I personally like it a lot better now than I used to, but you would have to have a lot of goodwill and really just want to hang out with this core crew and these actors playing this crew a lot to want to slog through a motion picture. And I don't think I care about these characters enough to do so. Yeah. I mean, you could. Unfortunately. You could. It could happen. But I would never introduce you to the movie, and I would. it would be the one I showed you last, you know? Yeah, after I've gotten to know. Yeah, after, after you decided you wanted to do that. So, anyways, that's what we started with uh, Wrath of Khan. Also, it makes sense historically because Wrath of Khan was the movie that really brought Star Trek back into the spotlight. Uh, the motion picture was kind of a flop. People thought it was boring. Um, it cost a huge amount of money. It didn't make a lot of that money back. So when Wrath of Khan came out, all of a sudden everybody was watching it. Because even though for you, as a Ute, you might have Ute? Yeah, you might have thought it was too slow or too whatever. When it came out, you know, in 1982, it was a very riveting um, you know, war picture. Are you snapping? So it's like snap, 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 it's gone. Zoom in, zoom in, but I can't snap. So I thought it was, I thought it would make it a little like. So it's just confusing. Yeah, it just looked like a Cooper. But yeah, because this movie, like I told you before we went into it, it's modeled after a submarine movie. And Nicholas Myers had always wanted to make a submarine movie, and he thought that this was a perfect time to do that. Do you know they should have done for this awesome like reprint? What or print? New print? Remaster? Remaster? Rework, re whatever? Yeah. yeah. What? They should have served submarine sandwiches. At Cinemark? Mm-hmm. They already serve hot dogs <laughs> and pizzas. If it was Alamo Draft House, I could see it, but even then, it would, that's kind of a dumb idea. 
It's a great idea for Alamo Draft House. Yeah, but they would need to do that during an actual submarine movie. They're not going to show have submarine sandwiches because they're going to tell you in the menu that the director really wanted to make a submarine movie. <laughs> well, could it be like a little inner, like a little pre thing? You'd be like, know. this movie was modeled after submarine movie. The, the upsetting thing to me is you, that analogy probably resonates for a lot of you listening out there, at least that you understand it. When I was trying to explain to Solomon, Solomon didn't even know what a submarine movie was. He barely even knows what a submarine I've is. I've seen one submarine movie. What's that? And by that, I mean they went down in the ocean for five seconds, and that was the Meg. <laughs> See, it's embarrassing. <laughs> well, submarine thrillers uh, were really popular in the 80s um, and early 90s. thrillers. <laughs> yeah, like Humphrey Red October, um, U571, I think Run Silent, Run Deep. These are their... their if you if you watch these movies, then you'll understand exactly why I would say that. This is movies about people that are deep in the ocean. Anything that hits their thing, in their ship could eject them out into the void and of these people, water. They're in the deep of space. Yep. If any hit, they could get ejected out into the spaceness. And they, it, you know, the Enterprise, they do a great job in this movie of showing you how big the Enterprise is constantly is, right? They shoot it in close up so it always feels big. But when you see the inside, you're only in like two very claustrophobic sets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. And and it's usually under a red light, which is what a submarines. The submarines do that too. Yeah, submarine uh, cockpits or uh, bridges are very small, and yeah, they're bathed in in red light. Mm. So, anyway, you haven't seen a submarine movie, and and it's also like the stuff that we were seeing, like where the ships would like kind of cross over each other. Yeah, and, um, and like they can't see because they're because they. In this, they, their sensors are offline at this point because they're in a nebula. But in a submarine, you're having to use sonar, right? So if, if there's something on the sea floor, if they're like, oh, let's get lower so it'll ping off the sea floor and it won't hit us. Yeah, the submarines could just be crossing over each other like this. They have no idea, no way of knowing. Because there's no glass because you can't see. Yeah, exactly. They can't see. Interesting. So anyway, getting a little bit ahead of ourselves, um, I've already pretty much broken down um, – that Solomon has not ever been a Star Trek fan. Actively disliked it. Actively. Actually. But just so you know, his his it's kind of like his hatred of reading. It's um it's something that he doesn't do. And I don't do Star Trek, no. Yeah. So like the fact that he bounced off of J.J. Abrams movies, if anybody who's listening is a Star Trek fan, that means nothing to them. That's not like saying you hate Star Wars. You know what I mean? Or Star Star Star, Star Trek. Yep. It, it would be like if you said I fell asleep during episode two. I thought it was really stupid, so I hate Star Wars. Star Wars fans would be like, oh, we haven't even seen Star Wars then. Yeah. Doesn't count. Well, I still would count it. It's a completely, it's it's a re, I, I, I'm not saying this because I hate these movies or anything, but I'm just saying it's a reboot of a series with actors playing completely different characters in a different timeline. Yeah, but I don't care about the show. I don't care. But you about don't know anything about it. You didn't watch it. So, yeah, you don't care about it. I'm just saying you don't have you're not judging it based on anything except for uh, being annoying like you are with books. Like you don't judge Shakespeare based on your vast knowledge of literature. So you have like a compelling argument why you don't like it. You don't like it because it's words on paper. No, I like Shakespeare's really talented i'd say oh yeah so is gene roddenberry I've, you didn't watch any of his shows so you can't say you don't like them i was gonna say i don't know who gene roddenberry is he created star trek yeah i figured that out after a second so anyway solomon's dislike of star trek is based on nothing i just really enjoyed julius caesar blissful ignorance um oh did you it was really good good read give me a quote from julius caesar and i, I don't do believe brood. you read it 
<laughs> That's only because I say it to you all the time. I say it, I, but I've heard the quote from me and saying it to you. I can also quote, how I many can quote Romeo and Juliet too. Oh, everybody can quote Romeo and Juliet. Oh, quote okay. him in the Summer's Night's Dream. I haven't read that in a long time. You haven't read any of these. <laughs> I have too. I read that in the eighth grade. Oh, you probably read it too, Brute, and that's it. Nope. I read the whole thing. I remember the whole like two two people giving their arguments, and then it was really good, really good stuff. Okay, really yeah. Good dichotomy of someone uh, going for ethos and pathos. You're and just saying words. No, I'm not. I feel like they each had their own arguments about different things. Look, we said this was going to be an efficient podcast. We're not going to argue about whether or not you have, which just he hasn't read you know, Shakespeare I just, before. I just love Shakespeare. I'm sure you do. But anyway, he's never seen Star Trek is my point. It's not like I used to make, I'm not that kind of person. I didn't try and force him to watch The Next Generation or whatever. Um, And I did, we did try and watch Wrath of Khan when he was really young, but I just wanted to watch it. I didn't really care if he didn't. He slept through the entire movie. Like he fell asleep. He was like six. That was totally fine. Shouldn't have fallen asleep. I'd say if it was good. That's not true. You were a six year old, six year old. I didn't say it was an action movie. Nobody should ever, if you, if somebody tells you a Star Trek movie is an action movie, that is a bad Star Trek movie. It's doing bad Star Trek. (laughs) Star Trek is not about being an action movie. Okay, all right. I understand. I'm sorry. For so, anyway, um, so, look, I've, I've rambled on for, for most of this segment, and I've just been telling you what your opinions are. So, whenever you were going into this, kind of what was your mindset going into the movie? You generally know who these people are, right, just because you've heard their names. Okay, well, I also have seen episodes of the show, and I've seen the new movies and whatever, so I know the names of the characters. I know their general roles titles um so that's already just, just like acting like i don't know anything i, I mean i i ask, i'm asking you so go ahead um so the main reason i did it is just because um i was like we can talk about this movie i guess <laughs> well what a compelling like, reason like i was just like i don't i'd rather not watch it I'd rather watch something more fun, but like we, I guess we can, and that's literally my whole mindset. I was like, it's not gonna be. I'm, I'm, I won't fall asleep. I'll just force myself to stay awake. But um, I guess I'm gonna sit down, and have a good time. And that's how I felt. Mm. So, you went in with a mediocre attitude, you'd say. Yeah, I mean, I didn't fall asleep, did I? You fell asleep at the very, very end. That's the very end. Uh, there's, they, there was a director's cut. They added more than they needed to. Uh, yeah, I didn't think really anything from the director's cut added anything to the movie. I don't even know what was from the director's I cut. Could, I didn't know either. That's but what I'm saying. I know it made it longer, but that made me sleepy. Absolutely right. Um, so do you think that knowing, because here's the funny thing. So Solomon always said, like, he, it's the same thing he does with reading. Anything that he doesn't like, he acts like it's a pilgrimage that he's on. He acts like it's a cause he's going to die for. He is the Al-Qaeda of apathy. If it is something that he's decided in his mind for no reason whatsoever, it's the, it's the thing you're most passionate about is that. So you tell everybody how much you hate Star Trek all the time, despite the fact that you haven't really watched it. But the one thing that you did used to watch when you were a kid that you did like, hilariously, was episodes of the original series. I just don't remember that at all. So it's yeah, because you were like, really little. I feel like you're gaslighting me. But I'm not. I don't. I don't care if you believe me or not. So whenever you were like five years old, and I would turn the, the original series on when they first put it on Netflix, and so I'd have it in the background while I was cleaning. You would sit down and just watch it because it has its bright colors, a lot of overacting. That's you know very reminiscent actually. of children's shows if you think about it you know a lot of hammy acting bright colors it, 
plots that are mostly kind of simple. Um, you could just you could generally just follow along what was going visually. That's awesome. I'm glad my five year old self could see all the bright colors and overacting, and that made me feel joy. I'm just saying that's probably what like why you liked it so much. But um, it wasn't until the J.J. Abrams movies, and specifically when we went to go see Into Darkness, that then you decided you hated Star Trek. Now, granted, Into Darkness is a terrible movie. But you didn't not like it for any of the reasons that it's bad. You just went to it and fell asleep. And then your mom took you to see it, I think, again. When we went to go see it. I didn't want to go. And then you didn't want to go. And you fell asleep again on purpose. So you just molded this persona of somebody who doesn't like Star Trek based on nothing. Which is fine. I fell asleep. It made me bored. It was just not no, entertaining. You, you fell asleep during everything during that time. You were just tired, and if you weren't super <laughs> hyped, tired. you were tired, and your b- little brain couldn't grok things, right? So it'd be like, oh, plot. You only liked animated movies for a very long time. You were a normal kid. I love animated movies. They're awesome. Yeah, I'm just saying, but then you could only watch animated movies without falling asleep. So we thought that you would like these. You didn't like them. <laughs> anyway, now we have to take a break Okay. For that rant. All right, so we'll be right back after a word from our sponsors. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to add the bludgeon salmon with the microphone. Why? I didn't do anything. Some of our thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music, and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine, wine and vinyl. vinyl. <laughs> so check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. <laughs> 911, what's your emergency? Do you hear that? It's coming from the house. It's coming from inside the house? Uh, do you mean, could it be? The Poltergeist House. New from Rogue Media, two haunted hotties talking about haunted places. Every episode, we dive deep into the darkest places and give you a bit of history. We're getting spooky in all the right places. You've gobbled your last ghoul. Follow along for the craziest and spookiest stories with Debbie's Dark Tourism. The Stanley Hotel, Winchester House, The Alamo, Hotel Monte Vista, and more spooky places. Find us at the underscore Poltergals. P-O-L-T-E-R-G-A-L-S. Look over your shoulder. It's us, the Poltergals. Wherever you consume the podcast, you can find us there. Welcome back to the Kids Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of The Wrath of Khan. Are you trying to sound serious so you can sound more intellectual? What do you mean? That's how I always sound. That's fine. You're, is that you're, are you trying to channel your inner Gene Roddenberry? Yes. You just found out who he was. <laughs> yes. I not imagine that you would think he is. He actually was kind of a womanizer. Oh, you probably think he's a big dork, didn't you? Should I start a big nerd? Nope, he wasn't. That's what I think is <laughs> okay. Um, so Wrath of Khan, we spent the whole beginning kind of getting everybody up to speed with what uh, your relationship with the movies 
arcs with Star Trek in general is, which I do think is important when we're re- revisiting old movies. Um, I hope it's coming across pretty clearly. I'm a huge fan. He's in love. Of Star Trek. Um, the first box set that I ever got for Christmas was when they released um, the original series movies on VHS. I know these movies front to back. And um, But I haven't ever got to see them at the movie theater, so this is a real treat for me. Quote them. What do you mean? Quote the movies front to back. Oh. I want you to spend the next hour and a half of this episode quoting one of the movies. Okay, you know what I mean. Okay. I didn't say I could quote them front to back. Just saying I said that. I know them. Well, then quote name one quote besides someone yelling. Oh, so I can't say any of the famous quotes? Well, you can't say, God. What about the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few? That's a good or quote. Or the one. That's a good quote. So I like that. Um. So, yeah. So, we, so you're watching uh, this movie. Now, was it weird to you that... that um, that was such a dumb segue, a transition, terrible transition. So you're watching this movie, <laughs> right? Is that how is that how it went down? <laughs> um, but so you know that you know the cast generally, but you haven't seen this since you're like five, like the original series, and and then they were way younger because this takes this takes place, I think, real time was supposed to be thirty years later, and in real time it was thirty years later. Was it though? Or twenty years it was later? Twenty years. Yeah. So. Um, the crew is not going to look the same, even if you did remember them. And they're certainly not going to look the same as the J.J. Abrams ones, where it's all like young, hot Hollywood people. It's like Carl Urban and Chris Pine. You're dealing with like TV actors who are way past their prime. So did you feel like you still knew the characters? Like, do you think that the characters seem like, did the characters seem like they were fully formed enough that, that they deserve to be like this iconic thing? Or at least that they were iconic enough to where you didn't feel like you were just hanging out with a bunch of strangers? I'd say they were iconic enough to yep. make it uh, personally. Um, and we had just recently watched an episode of this show that is based on. What? We'd, we did? Yes. Which episode did or we watch? part of it. Because you're like, oh my gosh, let me tell you about this really nerdy, 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 <laughs> nerdy thing. So they mirrored this episode right. in this new show. So I watched part of that. Yeah, yeah. And so I, that's probably another reason why I, I know it as well as I do. Um, I think they look hotter now, for one. Mm-hmm. Like, William Shatner looks really like a silver fox, I'd say. <laughs> so you're a fan of 80s William Shatner? Yeah, 10s. 10s all around. Um, I felt like they were cool. They seemed like, they seemed like fun, like detectives. Like, oh... Detectives. I've been weathered down by the, by the wars of, the space. Oh, you mean like noir detectives? Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. You know, drinking their, alien, alcohol. Romulan ale. Yeah, that's illegal. Hmm. Yeah. So I'd say pretty cool. Um. I mean, I still loved. I mean, I love the main three, characters. I'd say. Who who are who are, who would you consider the main three to be? Well, maybe four. I mean, we all, everybody knows who they are, but I just want to know for you. Oh, well, then it's Spock, Bones, and Kurt. Kurt? It's Kirk. <laughs> sorry. I'm so sorry. Don't talk about your <laughs> punk-ass friend from middle school. <laughs> I don't know. Kurt. I'm just kidding. Don't roast Kirk. Kurt. Yeah, I, I think that um, there is a there's a very lived-in 
feeling for just from these actors having actually been this age. You know like, what I mean? I feel like you knew their pain. Yeah. You knew you knew what they've gone through. Like I don't even think they needed the show to be based on. I think these characters you could already like tell who they were and where they and where they're from. Yeah, and I think that um and I don't want to get too far away from what we're talking about with the characters. That that is the thing I want to kind of spend most of this segment on. But um I think that the the script in this is so focused on the characters. I think it's really helpful. It's a great entry place because I think, like I said, I think Wrath of Khan was the first Star Trek thing I ever saw, ever. And um, so, and even as a child, a young child, there's something universal you can understand about people getting older and being afraid of getting older. You know what I mean? Mm. And, uh, you know, that's I was so wise that even when I was like seven years old, I was always afraid of being older. I knew one day I'd be old and have to give up my captainship of my starship to go become an admiral the captainship of your starship yeah. to become an admiral <laughs> yeah that's what i had to do mm, mm. as a seven-year-old i can understand i knew i would have to do it one day i mean i'm double your uh, your past age um i know and i've always been disappointed that you haven't captained a starship yet like i already had i mean i feel real old i'd say like my back hurts every day well that's not the kind of age we're talking about we're done with the kind of age that life puts on you and that's what this movie is really about the years and you feel them weighing on you. But anyway, back wow. to the back to the characters. This movie does one thing that's it's kind of upsetting, but it's it's just a problem with original Trek in general. It always is underserving its tertiary crew members. Or should I say making crew members who should be primary crew members into tertiary crew members. So you have Ooh, Uhura who gosh. gets to do almost nothing. Can I tell you can I give you a personation? Come in. Oh, uh, bang my microphone. Hello, come in, please. It, it's Enterprise, Enterprise, whatever, 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 numbers. Is that your impersonation of her on the radio? Mm-hmm. That's all she does. I can't think of a single other thing she does. One time she holds somebody's book. Does she speak? I think this movie was racist. It just, well, I you mean, were, it doesn't... You were all, like, before watching the movie, you're like... This movie's a very diverse cast. You're, I said Star Trek in general. I wasn't talking about this movie specifically. You think about how how this how old this was and how I was not with this movie. I said in the '60s. I was talking about the show. Okay. Well, then they did her dirty. That's what I'm saying. In this movie, and um, Scotty. So that one scene where he's in there and his brings in his nephew or whatever that dies. Mm-hmm. He's like starts crying. Mm-hmm. That was added from the director's cut. In oh, the, really? Yeah. In the. Uh, in the regular cut, I think he just comes to the door, is holding him, and then it cuts to just Kirk talking to him. Scotty gets no scene. Oof. But yeah, do you feel like Scotty had anything that he was doing? He didn't get to do very much. I mean, every now and again, he'd have his accent come on the radio. Yeah, and say, It's breaking. Can't take it much more, Captain. Yeah. Yep. The end. So is he Scottish? Not not in real life. So but yes, he's supposed to be Scottish. His name is Scotty, and he's Scottish. Yes. Does he have a real name, or is that is his name literally Scotty? They just nicknamed him Scotty. So it's like Bones. Yeah. Like that's, okay. What's what's Kurt's cool name? Kurt. <laughs> Kirk. I keep calling him Kurt now. I'm gonna. Is that his the, name? They don't all have. They don't all have nicknames. So why do they just have Bones and Scotty, and then just Captain Kirk? They don't always call Bones. Bones, though. They call him McCoy. Yeah, or Doctor. Okay, whatever. They still have all cool names. 
Well, uh, they call Spock a green-blooded, non-human, pointy-eared bastard. I don't even think he said that. I think he did. All the way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Either way. What's so, that other guy's name? Um, Chekhov, Sulu, both of the... Chekhov actually gets a, su- a subplot in this. Yeah, which I enjoyed. I really liked him. He was like my really liked character. Yeah, really? He's my like my, my little MVP. Yeah, Sulu didn't get much to do, which is kind of weird because um, it's a really is, I, of all the Star Trek movies, one of the ones that's the most about piloting. Yeah. So you I mean, he's, get, he tells him what to do. He's like, you drive this way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's about it. Um, but yeah, so uh, crew dynamics, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. Uh, did you feel like you at least had a little bit more appreciation of how come you could imagine that people who had been watching this group of people go from being young, 20-year-olds, and have been watching them now all the way into the 80s? Like how, why people have so much affection for this this cast and this crew? Or does it still seem like a mystery where you're still like, I don't understand why anybody's into this? Like I can I can see the vibe and I feel like I would love Star Trek if they were if it was good. What does that mean? Like I feel like if it was like looked better. But I, you had the JJ Abrams ones that look better and you refuse to watch are them. Are they as good? Because I feel like I, I think I, you would think that they were amazing if you watched them now. You just happened to have gotten taken to the theater when you were like eight. Yeah, but you said they everyone hates those. All the all the Star Trek people are some of the most annoying fans in the world. That's why you're so annoying. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm not like I. I honestly am not like that with any franchise. If it's good, it's good. I think the first and third of those movies are very, very good, very well, fun movies. Because I feel like the whole idea of it, like being, we're trying to explore unexplored worlds and find new things and pick up and add them to our collection. I think that would be really cool. And this whole movie... Pick them up and add them to our collection <laughs> is absolutely not what they're doing. But I okay. think this whole movie sounded really cool. Like they're trying to make this Genesis machine. And it, it like I feel like it could have been like one of my favorite movies. Except for it just felt just kind of silly. Why? Because it looked it too old? And it did. It also looked kind of old. What? How did it feel silly? Just I feel like... Khan looks silly. So again, it goes back to the fact that it looks old. Well, they all look silly. And I feel like his character is just kind of like stupid. Like he is stupid. What? Like he's not. Khan is considered like top he's not, 10 all time villains. He's not even, he's not even a superior being. That's the whole point of him is that he's superior. He, everything he does is not even smart. What are you and talking even about? if he is, he did like one good play on the Enterprise, and then he lost every other battle. How does that make him? He just is stupid. Worse of a villain. He should be a superior. He's vi- from 1996. He doesn't know anything about these ships or anything. So he did pretty damn good against a whole crews of trained people. He was trained before. Not in and not. Do you know what 1996 was? <laughs> this movie hadn't even come out yet. That. <laughs> that's awesome he was from oh I see yes he was in 1996 he was frozen so yeah he's super smart but that doesn't make you know everything about everything I feel like but you would have like a, a higher sense of like general knowledge and you feel like you could like but what things did he do that you thought were dumb 
Exactly. He didn't do anything dumb. The point was to make it to where Kirk is outsmarting him, but not because Kirk is smarter, just because Kirk knows more about what's going on. So he he Kirk sucks, except for this guy is just no, smarter. he's just not a Superman like Khan is supposed to be. But I just feel like he should have been able to do more damage, is what I'm trying to say. How? Just, I feel like he should have blown up something else or something. Like, he should have done something with the Genesis other than blow up after he was already about it. Like, I feel like he should have been like, okay, I'm just going to blow this thing up in the middle of the nebula. I'm going to die, but at least I win. Which I feel like would be way cooler. And But, because they had no time. But then they gave them the time, and he was like, oh, I'm about to die. Now I'm going to blow it up. Just feels like... I think you're I think you're dumb. Nothing you said makes any sense to me. Why would he blow himself up when he thought he was going to win? He was arrogant. He thought he was going to he thought he was going to win the whole time. And that was like their whole thing. It's like humans are all the same. They all have an ego that they need to Was that the whole thing? Yeah. That's like the whole reason they beat him because he has too much of an ego. Well, yeah. He's overconfident, but he didn't know anything about what they were doing. Like that's that's how they really beat him is that one thing where he's like, send over the Genesis thing, and they basically do the 1982 version of hacking into his ship, right? They did do that. So how is that? If they wouldn't have done that, then they would have lost 100%. Yeah. So there's nothing dumb that Khan did there. He just didn't know that. Sure. So, yeah, I don't think that I, it's annoying to me how, how mad you are about Khan. I just feel like he was just kind of weak. I think that the real reason you don't like him is because he had like 1970s hair. He looked ridiculous. Also, he looked like a little little. Ricardo Ricardo Multiplan is like Ricardo Multiplan is like a like. Is that who plays Khan? revered actor? Well, then a beloved show actor. Me, show me one of his other movies then. He was what you so you also thought he was, his performance was bad. You're saying show me some of his other movies. But is it? But I want to know. I'm if, not saying his performance. I want to know was, if when you keep saying that it's bad or that it sucks or whatever, if you're just talking about it looking old. I'm not saying that's what I need to understand. I'm not saying his performance was bad. We're not, we're not going to be talking at the same thing if that's the problem. I'm not saying his performance was bad. I'm saying I didn't like his character. Nobody ever has said that in the history of the world. Just didn't like him. Maybe maybe if I watched the episode that he's in, that episode's like not more. even that good. Why'd they base a the whole movie off of it? Because then? Ricardo Multiplan at this point was super famous. And he wanted to come back and do this movie. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, I don't understand. He has great lines. He has some of the best lines. What are his lines that are so great? He's a ton just of them. Give me some examples. I'm not going to sit here and quote the movie to just you. Just give me a, your favorite line of his. Whenever he's like, he's like, sir, why don't we just let him go? We have our own ship or whatever. And he's like, he tasks me. He tasks me. And I will chase him round perdition's moon and blah, 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 blah. That part? Awesome. Yeah, that just means he's talented. So he's always quoting Shakespeare. They uh, all the other characters quote Shakespeare. They're all great characters. They all quote Shakespeare. I just don't understand. I just feel like you're you're not giving me anything to go on here. And I think I, the only but, reason you don't like him is because he has a mullet and then froed out bangs. Well, maybe I'll need to watch the movie again for a second, third, fourth time, and then I can give you exact examples. But it's been a while. It's been a day. All right, we got to take a break. What are we going to do when we come back? We're going to finish up, give our concluding thoughts on the Wrath of Khan. Okay. Frozen, Frozen, heroes. Gonna tell you about Frozen, Frozen, heroes. 
gonna tell you about. Hey, I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, foes, and heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of. And some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and, and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story and just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best, and we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything yeah, that's right so subscribe today and uh, follow us on instagram at bros bows heroes and if you don't i know where you live not really but please subscribe <laughs> bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about bros and bros and heroes gonna tell you about One Star Rewind, a new podcast about those dreaded one-star reviews that every business owner hates to receive, but yet every customer loves to read. During this podcast, we will peel back that one-star review to better understand how it happened, when it happened, and what the business owner is doing after receiving that one-star review. This podcast will be about love, hate, and laughter. On One Star Rewind, we will meet with real business owners who will tell their stories and how they do rely on reviews for their business. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or download us at roguemedianetwork.com. Please subscribe, but only rate and review for not a one-star review. Join us each time for a new review and a new story. Welcome back to the Kid Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. They just call it Wrath of Khan. Nobody calls it Star Trek II. So I called it. I called it The Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Uh, so we have quite a bit to get through in this last segment. Um, I, I, I was talking about this with one of my friends the other day, and I do. Uh, there's one thing I will say is that while I love this movie, and I love the fact that they're using matte paintings and... Uh, models and practical effects, practical sets. Didn't they do that in the old Star Wars movies as well? Yeah, they did. Which was also awesome. Just saying. I, I, I also really liked the models. The the Star Wars movies though use a lot of location shooting, right? And this is more classic soundstage shooting. Okay. You have to think these movies had a lot lower budget than the Star Wars movies did. But the ships were still models. Ships were still models, yeah. But I'm saying, like, when they're on, blown up. when they're on, like, when they go into the Genesis Cave, for instance, that was the it's, worst it's, thing I've ever seen. It's in a my whole sound life. stage with surrounded by mats. You know what I mean? That was horrible. That well, looked so bad. It didn't. It didn't look so bad. No, it looked. It, it doesn't as, look real now. As soon as it went in, as soon as the camera went, ooh, it went, and we saw them like really far away in this horribly, horribly, horribly done. The thing that's annoying about you is that you don't have any appreciation for anything time? That's, that's not new no it's just because it every, 
these the, a huge amount of technicians had to paint these things and create forced perspective to try and create the but illusion. But that background that was all fake. That was not real. But artists made it. It's not some jackballs <laughs> with a computer just doing CGIing everything, which I think looks much worse. Yes, but it, I'm saying I didn't, I'm not trying to say it doesn't look fake. I'm just saying I appreciate the artistry that they had to use back then to try and simulate that. Star Wars had a huge budget, so they could just go shoot in the did? jungle. The first episode. Fourth, I mean. Oh, you mean the first Star Wars movie? Yes. Yes. Still? Really? Why? I, Because Star Trek Motion Picture was a huge flop. Star Trek Motion Picture had a huge budget. The first movie. Mm, okay. Yeah. So after that, Paramount was like, you have to come shoot these on the same sound stages that you shoot your TV show on. Well, I'm just saying, like, I feel like every, I, I just feel like it should, the, the time, it should live past its time. Is what I'm trying to say. Like all the other sets were great. The Genesis Caves looked horrible. I just think that the Genesis the Genesis Cave doesn't look real. I would I agree with that. But you can watch movies like The Sound of Music or Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and it's very obvious that they're singing and dancing in front of a matte painting. It doesn't look real at all. Calamity Jane. I don't know. I haven't seen. I can't name every single movie that's a music that's a matte painting. I never noticed the matte painting. I'm just saying, in a that was a thing that people used to do whenever they had to build sound stages. Is they would do that. So whatever. I understand that you're saying it looks bad, or you. But but to me, I wouldn't phrase it that way. I would just say it doesn't look real. Okay. Well, to me, those are synonymous when it comes to movies. Yeah, but I feel I like want it to if, feel if real. We, if we go see like Venom two. And they obviously are fighting in a church that's completely digital. Then you're not going to complain about it because you'll be like, well, at least it looked glossy, though. It looks fake in a way that you don't like, whereas you're okay because you're used to bad CGI looking fake. So as long as it looks updated, I feel like it just looked like it was like it was like it was like land and it looked like normal. And then it looked like if I jumped off, I would fall into a pit of nothingness. Yeah, painting. (laughs) I didn't even realize. I didn't. I honestly did not even realize that that was a painting. What did you think it was? I then? thought that's what you thought it was CGI. Yes, you thought they had CGI then. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. The eighties. Not not really. I think Tron had early CGI. Yeah, I thought they just like painted, like not even like painted. I meant like like just like went and tried to like digitally draw some trees or something. No. It just looked so weird, and I was so confused. I was actually really impressed because I really liked this one thing, but, I mean, like I said, it looks really fake. But you can tell what they did was they actually had 3D gradients for the waterfall, but then you could tell that it was just a light that was kind of, like, moving behind it to make it look like the water was falling. You know what I mean? That's cool. Um, But anyway, what I I was actually trying to agree with you in the sense that this movie actually effects-wise, not not effects-wise, uh, design-wise, feels much closer to a 70s sci-fi movie than an 80s sci-fi movie. Um, And I understand it was 82, so it was closer to the 70s, you know. But the costumes are, the boots are big, tall heels that are separated from the front, very 70s. Um, The way the boots are, especially Kirk's, um, the pants are tucked into the boots as very, very much designed to kind of give, simulate like bell bottoms, mm. you know, um, the popped collars for their away team things. The, uh, the guy who plays Kirk's son, who I guess this is kind of eighties. He, he has having like wearing that one jumpsuit, like a one piece jumpsuit with 
really curly blonde hair. Big curly, big, big curly um, blonde hair. All of the computers on, um, oh my God, what's the space station's name? Super embarrassing. It's something, it's like. Romula? No. Not Romula. Rimula? Reg, regular rank regular one. yeah see job. i'm better than you sorry um all this all the computers on there are feel very 70s to me you know what i mean it's just like just a bunch of blinking white twinkle lights um which is what computers did look like in the 70s but i feel like a lot of that was taken because they had to use sets and stuff from the motion picture yeah and the motion picture was made in the 70s i thought it was made in the 60s oh my god the show was in the 60s mm. yeah okay. um so but I do think that that I I like it. Don't get me wrong. I think it all looks great. Because so I. I loved it all. They combine some really great model work. I think that the ships look really good. I think so too. I think I loved the space station. It looked great. I think a lot of the things are great. The my only problem was the Genesis Cave and Khan. Okay, well I meant <laughs> design wise. Like, but I think your problem with Khan wise. really is design problem. Okay, well, yes, he also did look really silly. I just didn't, like I said, I just was, I didn't feel threatened. Okay, I didn't, I didn't feel any stakes. He almost destroyed the Enterprise like three times. I wasn't. That, that was the. I was scared one time, whenever they were like pop, 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 and they're like, oh my gosh, he knew exactly where to shoot. Yeah, and then that was the only time I've ever felt even remotely tense. Well. I just, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that. I do really want us to watch um, The Undiscovered Country. Um, and unless something comes out, we might do our next podcast about that. It's it's faster paced. It was made in the 90s. Ooh. Um, it has a lot more, it's a lot more modern feeling. 90s was 30 years ago. Yeah. Well, really? 90 was, yeah, 92. It's crazy. I think, this, I think The Undiscovered Country came out in like 95, 94. Are you not shocked that the 90s were 30 years ago? I try not to think about these things. 30. I try not to think about these things. That's a really long time. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about the uh, like the main kind of crux of the thing, which is like this cat and mouse? I mean, if you don't feel threatened by Khan at all, then you maybe just felt like it was not cat and mouse. Um, yeah, it felt just more like Captain Kirk was the cat. <laughs> But what did you think about the like the way that they were like always trying to outmaneuver each other? It was all like tactical thinking. They were all like having to be like, oh, we lure them into this nebula, or oh, we'll give them fake command. Like, you know what I mean? We'll pretend like it's going to take us longer. Yes. So this is what I was saying whenever I felt like I should like the movie more than I did, because I love that that tactical like big brain strategies. You know, mm -hmm. like you're constantly trying to. The whole point was just I need to outsmart this person. But it just felt, I just didn't feel like, oh, I outsmarted this person, except for like once. And then I was like, and then I guess whenever the ship flies over the, over the, what's the other ship called that I liked more than the Enterprise? You're the, the Reliant. Yeah. Um, except for when he like flies over the Reliant and that was, that was like a really cool, that was, that was cool. Um, but yeah, I feel like I would love all of that because I do play a lot of tactical video games. Um, so I, and you know, I like, I like thinking in, in like those strategic ways. It just didn't, it just didn't scratch that, that itch. Well, what about the fact, I forgot to even mention this earlier because you were saying that Khan is not threatening and is dumb, um, and is lame. 
and Ricardo Montalban should never have gotten an acting job in his life. <laughs> never said that. But uh, what are you? The introduction of Khan is terrifying. He captures Chekhov and the captain of the Reliant, and he puts those creepy, creepy worm things in their ears, and then uses that to take their ship and infiltrate a space station. That was cool. I will say everything. Did, that whole subplot I loved. Um, it was freaky deaky. <laughs> Uh, grossed me out. I did not like it at all. I hated like that used to be like a fear of mine. That's like something's crawling and laying eggs in my ears, and in my face orifices. What did you think about how the creature design looked? Pretty good. It was I assume it was practical. There's no CGI. There's no such thing as not practical. Oh, I disagree. <laughs> what could they do that was not practical back then? I don't know. Just so you know, what CGI was was in this. Whenever they would show the Genesis Project thing, that was CGI. That was what. That's the best CGI could look. Would it be like you know, like the whatever green hologram of the Enterprise yeah, that spinning cool. around? That's the best hot CGI that could happen. Well, I they could have possibly done it to those bugs, and it would have looked bad. I thought they looked really good. So did I. Like I said, I thought they looked good too. Um, that was cool. That was threatening. Um, I felt bad for the captain because he was getting. He was having. He was like. I don't know. So Chekhov just wasn't getting effective. So, oh. No, he was. He just it, resisted. So that's just because he was strong? Yeah, like he, he just resisted. He was screaming also. Well, yeah. And but he, he just didn't kill himself, and he just resisted long enough to where. So I think it's also because he didn't actively disobey orders. Probably. But because, also, I think Khan has some kind of thing where he would make a sound from their bracelets that would make those things act a certain way. Mm. Or he would have a... Or he would stop making the sound that made them act normal. But Chekhov just outlasted it, so it left. I see. I see. Ooh, I mean, I'm guessing there. but um, Yeah, that, that, that captain scene was really brutal. And I thought that whole, that whole like I said, that whole subplot was cool. Like I said, Chekhov was my MVP. Um, he was really fun. And those little sand worms were really gross. So I feel like all of that was, all of that was 10 out of 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10s. Well, I think, um, like Hundreds. I said, I think when you watch Undiscovered Country, it's newer. It's the last. Vi- it's the last movie, so they. It's about that, right? So it, I think it'll feel like, a, and it's also directed by Nicholas Meyer again. He didn't direct any of the next movies, okay. and then he directed the last one. So it feels like a proper through line, right? Like this is about them deciding not to retire quite yet. They're mm. not old enough. They still got a little bit more missions left in them, <laughs> you know. And this is about them saying, "It's time now." You know what I mean? find some other stuff worth living for. Um, but it's also, it's an adventure that goes to a bunch of different places, and all the crew members have Is that girl in it their still? own little subplots. Um, no, there is a new Vulcan girl. Um, she's No, she's really good. But She's not Christy Alley in the I 80s. Loved, I loved her. Uh, yeah, well, just, if you ever try and watch Search for Spock, see who they actually recast her as. She, At least in a discovered country, it's a completely new character. Um, but what did you think about Savick? That's that's the last thing that I was going to ask you about because she's a new character. You don't know her. She kind of has to like prove her worth as a character because she takes up a lot of screen time. So what did you think about her? I loved her. Yeah, yeah. I really, I really enjoyed her character. I liked her constant like questioning of why she lost. And I, I love Vulcans. Why she lost the what, Solomon? What did she lose? Simulation. What? was the name of the simulation the beepo depot <laughs> the kobayashi maru why would i ever remember that 
I I memorized it when I was young because I just like to say it. Kobayashi Maru. Yeah, but I like to say it like in situations because then like uh, like then it was other people's dads and stuff, right? Like grown ups would think it was like they'd be like, "Wow, I can't believe you know that." So I like to be like, "Yeah, I was in school and I was kind of like in a Kobayashi Maru situation because I didn't want to do this or this." I don't know. It's like a fun thing to say, like when you're in a, a between Kobe a rock. Ashi Maru situation. Yeah, you just say it whenever it's like a no-win situation, or you're in between a rock and a hard space. Place. Okay, whatever place. Huh. I've never thought about using that. That is fun though. Kobe Ashi Maru. Maybe I will remember it now. Yep. Um, but even though if I used it, girls will think you're so hot. <laughs> even if I used it though, I feel like no one would get it. Well, I'd be like, yeah, use it around older people. <sighs> I don't even know that many old people. I didn't say old people. I said older people. Well, you're old, so like I'm just saying, a lot more people get it. Like, uh, like people at my grandmother's beauty shop, like the other ladies, ha- got it whenever I said that. It was really you said funny. the Kobayashi Maru out loud. I said it on Facebook. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, I say Kobayashi Maru all the time. I've never heard you word. say that until just. You probably just didn't grok what it said, and you're just like, oh, my dad's a genius. He's probably speaking Chinese or something. <laughs> I did not think that for sure. <laughs> As I was saying, I really do like Vulcans. I honestly like the alien alien races. And Reed was supposed to teach me Klingon. And that was going to be my whole reason for watching Star Trek. Never did it. Well, you can give him a call after this. Never, ever did it. Well, um, we're over time. But I do want to ask you, what do you think now about the... Um, about the Starfleet ships, like they all have a very unique, uh, similar kind of design that makes them all feel like they're part of the same yes. fleet. And you've been design. complaining about how you think the Enterprise is a crappy ship for years, and I really Let it me irks me. The, Don't do the, it. We the, already did it on the podcast. You can't explain about how you think it should fly back. The Enterprise is just lopsided. It doesn't make any sense how it flies. I like. I keep thinking. Like I keep. I honestly, if I could just understand, but I keep forgetting which way it's flying. Like I just actively am forgetting. Which way does it, it, does it fly disc first? You just watched the movie. Yes, it flies disc first. <laughs> the engines at the back, like every single mother blankety blank ship in the history of the world. So what have you ever seen that has the engines in the front well, sucking I, it forward? <laughs> I can tell where the engines were because I always think of it like the Millennium Falcon, you know, where the, it's like the rounded in, like engines in the back. Mm-hmm. So I keep thinking that the disc is propelling it forward and down in the center because it's always so claustrophobic right i always think that that center piece that's like connecting the warpness cells and whatever together i always think that's the uh the command center or whatever the command center is the top middle part of the disc i the bridge yes i understand that now just all just right well now. we're gonna have to cut this off because i love the reliant the reliance are really cool ship we'll finish that this discussion great. of ships because they're some of the my favorite ships of all time are in undiscovered country we get birds of prey and then we get um, some faster paced stuff. But anyway, that does it for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed our discussion of Wrath of Khan. Until next time. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast. Thank you.